Hello, everybody, and welcome to Real Reactions. My name is Scott, and here I have Hava. And what we are going to do for you today is、um, I am a film enthusiast, and we have Hava here. Where how would you best describe yourself? I watch films for fun, but I'm not into films that much. Yeah, so like maybe just a novice at, at, for films at least. So like I like to go in the nitty gritty and like look at the backstories of films and just like going into their film productions. I've even made a few short films in my day,、um, and so I'm gonna be here. We're gonna well, we're gonna be here. I'm gonna be kind of going through a plot of movies and just seeing how Hava like if she would maybe watch this, how she thinks about it, just kind of like. Kind of just pick into her brain and see what what she would think about it.、Um, today we got a special one for you. It's one of my favorite films.、Uh, we're going to be talking about Gremlins. Ooh! <laughs> and I'm going to show her the original Gremlins poster. So,、um, just kind of get her first take on this. Trying to see maybe she could like what she thinks about it. What she maybe like she can kind of guess some of the plot. So what are you going through here? Okay, so I see there's like a gremlin in a box. So it, and it's creepy eyes. I feel like it's a Furby come to life. It says cute, clever, mischievous, intelligent, and dangerous. So maybe like these Furby-like creatures come to life and start attacking their owners. And like the they got them like as a present, and they were like a stuffed animal, and then they like turned on them or something. Okay, stuffed animal gone wild. Yes. <laughs> And the kids are like, no, and it's like a bloodbath, and all the gremlins take over the world. <laughs> Whoa, that, that is that is very terrifying. Well,、um, so I'm gonna go. That not exactly what the plot is, unfortunately. <laughs> I'm gonna just say that right off the bat. But、um, so I'm. I will give you. So when do you think like this film was kind of made? Like if you had to give it like a date. The eighty-five.、Uh, That's very close, eighty four actually. Oh, that's when it came out. So、uh, you, that's very good. So let me give you the actual like kind of plot to Gremlins here. So, Gremlins,、uh, basically, it first starts out.、Uh, it, it's kind of focused on a struggling inventor, Randall,、um, and he is kind of walking around trying to find a、uh, Christmas gift. For his son Billy, so it is a gift. You are correct on the gift part, yes,、um, and yeah. So it's a little bit more of like around Christmas time as well.、Um, so he's walking around、uh, like downtown, kind of Chinatown area, and he stumble upon he stumbles upon an old antique shop.、Um, and so in this antique shop, he's looking at a bunch of different things, and he comes across a box, and across it, it says a Mogwai. So this is actually Cantonese for devil. Oh my gosh! <laughs> yeah. So、um, originally the owner sees it and is refusing to sell it to Randall,、um, and he just kind of kicks Randall out of the shop. But、um, the shop owner actually has a grandson that actually comes out and secretly sells the Mogwai to Randall and tells him. About these three specific rules that you must follow. So we're gonna get into that. So rule number one is that you do not expose a mogwai to light. 
especially sunlight, because otherwise it will kill it. It will kill the devil. It will kill the Mogwai, yes. Um, two. Wait, but that means when things go bad in the movie, they can just expose it to light. Correct, yeah. They, yeah, they will have to expose it to light. Um, so that's... Two, anyways, okay, you're getting ahead of it. You're getting okay. ahead of it. Two, don't let it come into contact with water. And we're going to leave at that at that. And then three, and above all, never feed it after midnight. Because? We're going to get into that as well. So Randall um, goes back home, wraps it up, and gives the Mogwai to Billy. Um, Billy's very ecstatic. And it's just one little Mogwai. And he names that Mogwai Gizmo. Don't like that name? Gizmo. <laughs> Gizmo, yeah. No, I don't like the name. You don't like Gizmo? Oh, I think it's kind of cute. Cause especially since like his dad is an inventor. He's just working on all types of little like Gizmos. Okay, but why does this... Okay, so it's a gremlin. Yeah. But it's a Gizmo. But it's a Mogwai. Well... So it's the species name is Mogwai and he names like, like, you know, you have a bunch of different dog like type breeds. So, and he names this specific Mogwai Gizmo. Okay. But then why are they, why is the movie called Gremlins? Well, we're going to we're going to get into that because as always the plot thickens. Okay. All right. So Billy's friend comes over and he like, you know, is showing off Gizmo. He's like, hey, look at, oh my gosh, he's so cute. And he's like so little, small and compact. Well, what actually accidentally happens is that Billy's friend accidentally spills water on Gizmo. And so what this does, is actually um, when you spill water on a Mogwai, it actually spawns five more Mogwais off of its back. So instead of just one Mogwai, he has six roaming around. Wait, so they're alive already? Mm-hmm. Yep, they're just creatures. They're live, living creatures. Oh, they're not stuffed animals. No, they're not stuffed animals, unfortunately. So um, actually in this, when he finds this out, he actually brings it to his science teacher. And he actually shows him that um, they can multiply via water. So then we have seven Mogwai running around. One in, like... Um, the science teacher kind of keeps him in the school lab area to kind of run some tests on for some reason. And yeah, it's yeah. And then uh, Gizmo goes back home with all the other the five Mogwais. Um, so what happens is Gizmo's actually like really kind hearted and sweet and really loves Billy. Like they have like a little jam session at one point where they're like in front of an electric keyboard. That sounds awful. Ah, it's cute. Anyways, so. What happens is there's actually a new leader of the of like the Mogwai pack when they're all spawned, and um, they and Billy kind of names him Stripe. Only reason why is because he has like a mohawk going down his back, like kind of just like how his fur is patterned. And he's one of the ones that spawned off off of Gizmo. Gizmo yes. Okay. So uh, Stripe and his little gang um, start to trick Billy. They actually trick Billy into thinking that um, he's feeding them before midnight, but he actually accidentally feeds them after midnight. So what happens at this point is that um, Billy wakes up the next day and they're all in a cocoon. Except oh my for, gosh. Except for Gizmo. 
So all of them are in a cocoon because Gizmo is like, no, I'm not eating because it's past midnight. I'm, I know better than this. So he's like a little bit of a conscious, but yeah, all of them transform into these fluffy little adorable creatures into like sharp tooth, like slimy, like you, you don't really like see them at first. They're like reptilian kind of creatures. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they're mischievous. And this is, this is what they call gremlins at this point. Or just a gremlin. So Gizmo's good. Gizmo's good. Does Gizmo stay good? <laughs> well, you'll—I ha- don't know. You—you you don't know until the end. Ugh. But anyways, so once they once they emerge, they actually torture Gizmo because <gasps> he's a good like he's the good guy, and then they try to murder Billy's mom. Billy has a mom. Billy has a mom. Yeah, she's introduced at some point. But that's just kind of where things start to ramp up. Okay. So that's going to be just kind of the first plot of the movie. So what kind of... That's just going to be like what I'm going to give you for the plot. I don't get to know how it ends? You don't get to know how it ends because that... But what happens to Gizmo? I know. What does happen to Gizmo? Now, does this like kind of pique your interest in this movie? Do you might... Like, would you want to watch this movie at all? I think I would like fast forward through the beginning part. (laughs) Because I already know what's happening. Oh, okay. But that's the, but there's so much that I haven't even told you just in the detail of everything. Like, Billy has a mom. Billy has a mom. He actually has a job. How old is Billy? Billy, he... I want to say he's, like... I want to say he's, like, in college. Like I thought he was, freshly, like, freaking eight. No, he's not eight. No. He has a girlfriend. Oh, my God. Yeah, she's actually quite a big part of the movie. Um, His girlfriend is actually uh played by it's phoebe cates i don't know who that is yeah uh, she has some small she's before this she was in one big movie actually which um she was in that movie and i'll have to get back when we get into the fun facts she wasn't almost casted for this part because of what she, what the movie was about but also we got um zach who plays billy in this um but let me give you like a little bit more. Yeah, let me get you some background about like kind of behind the scenes kind of spectacle to this. So this is not going to hint at like what's going to happen at the end or anything. This is going to give you just more background to see maybe if this like might hook you a little bit more. So no spoilers. No spoilers. No spoilers in this. Um, so we have the original writer for this. It, uh, his name was Chris Columbus. Um, Chris Columbus was first inspired to just make movies after he first saw The Godfather at age 15. Godfather is another movie I've never seen. Godfather, well, maybe that'll be a t, uh, to, be con- to be continued, you know? Well, may- we'll have to jump into that movie. But yeah, he saw The Godfather at age 15. <laughs> is that young for Godfather? I would say so. There's some pretty gruesome scenes in Godfather. But also, like, we'll get, get into this, the rating system back then. They didn't even have, like, PG-13, and, like, the rating system was a little bit different back then. So this movie was actually rated PG for the time era. What do you think it would get rated now? Oh, was 100% like- PG-13. 100%. Okay. Just of, like, there's different, like, little factoids, like, in the movie, uh, I'll just kind of jump into one of the fun facts. There was actually a gremlin that gets microwave and explodes in the microwave. So there are spoilers in this mo- in this podcast. Not 100%. Okay. But just like little tidbits. Okay. Like you don't know when that happens. That's actually pretty early on. But anyways. Um, so anyways, Chris was inspired to, you know, to write movies when he was 15. He actually enrolled in 
NYU Film School, and he sold his first screenplay, um, but it was never produced, but it was, he was a sophomore when he sold his first screenplay. That's impressive. Honestly, yeah. I can't get anything sold like that. <laughs> you haven't tried. Hey, I, anyways. Um, after he graduated, um, he sold a few more scripts, but uh, it was his fourth script, Gremlins, that um, he was trying to sell, wasn't having any success until Steven Spielberg actually opted opted it. Um, so Steven Spielberg came across the script and he actually really liked it. He bought the script, which is crazy. Steven Spielberg at this time, he, he has his own production company. He's like a big name in film. I've heard of him. Okay. I know who he is. Yeah. What, what, what movies have Steven Spielberg, what movies has Steven Spielberg directed and or produced? E.T. Yes. Yep. That's one of his big ones. Yeah. What else? Anything else that you might know. That's fine if you don't. I feel like I'm going to say this. I'm going to get roasted so hard if What's I'm up? wrong. Terminator? <laughs> no, he did not. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> no, unfortunately not. No, he actually um, directed Jaws. Uh, he also uh, did uh, Jurassic Park. Oh, okay. He's, yeah, he's done a lot of big, big movies. But anyways. So anyways, I... Uh, the uh, Chris, that going back to Chris, um, he was actually inspired from his loft. And at night, what uh, sounded like platoons of mice would come out. Uh, and he heard them skittering around in the blackness. And it was really creepy. That was That's actually a direct quote from him. Um, Spielberg actually said at the time when he bought this, um, it was one of the most original ideas he has come across in so many years. And is re- reason why he bought it. Because he thought this idea was just, like, different. It wasn't exactly... Because, like, if you get into it, it's actually really family-friendly, this whole movie. Um, It's not, like, you don't see, like, blood, guts, and gore too much. There's a lot of violence in it. But you don't see anybody, like, getting dismembered or anything like that. Do the gremlins kill any people? Yes. I would say yes. That's not really spoiling anything, but yes, they do. Hmm. They do end up doing that. But anyways, we're going to give a little bit more uh, detail uh, behind the director, Joe Dante. So uh, Joe Dante, he's known for Inner Space, uh, an action-adventure comedy. Also The Howling, which is a horror movie. Um, Also, he has done Small Soldiers. That's an action-adventure comedy, one of my favorites. And also The Burbs, which Tom Hanks actually stars in. Uh, It's a comedy mystery thriller. I haven't heard of any of those. I haven't heard of any of those? Even Small Soldiers? Well, that was kind of around our time in 1980, uh, 1998. I was two. <laughs> I know, but I, you made it to me. <laughs> um, anyways. But anyways, Joe Dante graduated from the um, from Philadelphia College with, a, with arts, uh, of the arts, sorry, um, and was a film reviewer before he became, uh, before he began a film maker's apprenticeship in 1974 um, as a trailer editor for Roger uh, Roger Corman's New World Pictures. His directorial debut was in actually in 1976 as a co-director for Hollywood, Hollywood Boulevard. Um, basically, the movie for Hollywood Boulevard, it was a comedy thriller. Um, basically, it was kind of like a down on uh, an actress who was down on her luck and her her, 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 what, her, 
basically her what are they called director producer no her agent agent so basically her agent got her set up in like a B movie and like kind of hijinks ensue but um, after that he made a couple more horror and comedy movies at the time Um, but what really happened is he actually what really like kind of got him into this movie was he did actually a segment on the Twilight Zone the movie called It's a Good Life and that's where he met um, Steven Spielberg and he was chosen to direct this movie Gremlins cool yeah so a little bit of background behind that but so originally let me go kind of any thoughts on this so far sounds kind of like a cheeky movie kind of a cheeky movie yeah what what do you mean by cheeky like i don't know like bad (laughs) (laughs) you think it's a bad movie okay all right well don't worry i got some factoids to like tell you a few different facts about it at least the original script actually that uh, that columbus drafted was a lot more horror based um, actually, the first early draft, the Gremlins actually ate the family dog. Like, literally Aww. ate the dog. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, spoiler, they don't eat the dog in the movie. Um, also, uh, at first, Gremlin, uh, or Gizmo, was actually supposed to become Stripes. So, he wasn't, like, kind of how you theorized in the beginning that Gizmo was going to turn. Um, he actually doesn't. Uh, stri- they, so, basically, um, Steven Spielberg saw that and he's like no i kind of want this more of like a boy and his dog kind of movie where um billy and gizmo kind of just like team up and kind of just kind of go through all this um howie mandel actually voices gizmo i don't know who that is do you know uh deal the guy from deal or no deal no or america's got talent bald head guy no oh okay well, for all of our other viewers, um, Howie Mandel, he uh, he's actually a big germaphobe now, but he's done he did a lot of voice acting before uh, before he kind of became Deal or No Deal famous or like kind of like well I would say like talent reality show based. But uh, he also did voice works for Skeeter in the Muppets Babies, and of course uh, one of his famous more cartoons was uh, Bobby from uh, Bobby's World. Um, but he actually didn't do all of Gizmo's voice in the movie. There's actually a part where Gizmo does sing in the movie, and that was actually done by a little girl that the composer John Goldsmith found. He sings? Gizmo does sing in the movie. That's what I was kind of alluding to in the beginning, where I was saying like he was, they were playing a piano together, sitting around. Oh my god. <laughs> okay, but like, how do you go from like a grown man's voice to a little girl's voice and it not be weird? Well, they kind in the in the thing they kind of morph the voice. They kind of like distort it. You know, kind of how like what they do for Alvin and the Chipmunks. Yeah. So it's kind of different, like that. So, like Howie Mandel's kind of doing a baby voice in this. Okay. So that's why it sounds like completely different. Okay. Another little factoid is actually that um, all of the Gremlins and Gizmo's lines were all ad libbed. They were mostly ad libbed during the recording and voiceovers. Oh. So yeah, everything was just kind of flying off the seat of their pants for like for the voice voice wise. Um. Anyways, also yeah. 
uh, Phoebe actually almost didn't get casted in the movie because she actually had a scene, a very famous scene actually, in um, a movie called Fast Times at Ridgemont High, where she she actually has a very famous nude scene in that, and it's like a high school based movie. And she plays a high schooler that's nude. Yes, that's in the movie. problematic. Yes, it is. Um, yeah, it is, and that's why like she almost didn't get casted too. It's because they were like, well, but it's I, not it's, her fault. Yeah, I know, but Ugh. she also took the part. No, it's not her fault. Okay, that's fine. I, I'm fine with that. But um, luckily, she did get the part because she actually had a lot of chemistry with um, Zach, the Billy character. So it, it, that actually, they're like, all right, well, we, you know, because this was supposed to be more of a family-friendly movie, so they didn't want have somebody tied with, like, nudity a nude scene yeah. in a family-friendly movie that's really the main reason why but yep she got the part at least but yeah that that was her famous kind of scene that before this um also because cgi just for like this movie in general was still like a ways away um filmmakers actually kind of opted for a few different kind of one really weird idea, one really like, you know, you kind of make sense idea. One was uh, actually just doing all the gremlins in kind of like stop motion. So kind of like a Wallace and Gromit or like chicken run kind of kind of thing. Or yeah. if you've seen Nightmare on uh, the Nightmare Before Christmas, uh, just, you know, just generalizing it. If some of our viewers might not know what stop motion is. Um, but the other idea was actually to have a bunch of trained monkeys in gremlins costumes. No way. <laughs> yes, that is... <laughs> they didn't do that, though, They did right? not do that. Uh, <laughs> oh, my God. So, yeah, they didn't opt for both. Either one of those they didn't do. They actually um, ended up making... They actually ended up puppeteering all of them and making models for them. Reason why, one, stop-motion animation would have just taken too much up to their time. And uh, two, when they actually they actually tested the monkey. Oh my god! So what they did is monkey they, labor. Well, what happened was they they took the monkey into the editing room and they put a gremlin mask on the monkey and the monkey flipped out and pooped all over the editing room. Same. <laughs> yeah, out of fear. So it was oh, afraid. Yeah. Poor baby was afraid with his mask on. Yeah. So luckily there was no monkeys. Uh, well, I got yeah. There was no monkeys harmed in the filming of it. In the post production, we could probably say otherwise. Get that monkey a therapist. So, yeah, seriously. Um, anyways, especially so they actually for just the gremlins effects during the scenes, the shooting for that actually took three months to shoot all of the gremlins effects. It's pretty short. Mm-hmm. It's actually pretty long. Oh, I don't know how <laughs> long films to, take. <laughs> yeah, usually like for filming of movies. Just for, like, the filming aspect of it might take, I would say, maybe at most a month, maybe, like, two weeks. Depends on the filming schedule. Okay. Yeah. So, it really also depends on the complexity of the film. But, really, the reason why it took so long, three months to shoot, is because the the puppets were notoriously difficult to work with, and they were constantly breaking down. Classic. Yeah. Um, also with fun fact with these puppets, they, um, a lot, like they actually had to have security guards check every cast member and crew member, including their cars before they left on a day to day basis. Oh my gosh. They don't trust people that much. Well, the reason why is because these puppets and animatronics cost 
thirty to forty thousand dollars a puppet. A puppet? A puppet. Not together. Singular. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, so that's kind of why the production company was very secure on this. They didn't want anybody walking away with a a thirty to forty thousand dollar puppet. <laughs> oh my gosh. I wonder how much Gizmo would sell for today. I mean they actually there are there were some old uh, gremlins animatronics on sale but they were very deteriorated um, just because the the plastic molds that they used didn't hold up well and they weren't very stored they weren't stored very well so it's kind of just their endoskeletons that were on like a auction list for um, in, uh, in Hollywood to, to buy and they were going for quite a lot <laughs> quite a lot yeah. and now, those weren't even like in good condition yeah so but yeah um Let's see. Is there a sequel to Gremlins? There is. Oh no! <laughs> there is. It's no. There is. Where I wasn't gonna try to allude to that at all yet. But yes, okay. there is a sequel to Gremlins. Um. Let's see. So uh, Dante actually quote. He, there's a quote from Dante says, um, "There was like a small army of puppeteers." living and breathing each set, controlling rods and levers uh, and staring into video monitors with pictures flipping as in a mirror. And at least three months of shooting was only from the Gremlins' effects shots. And it really did get uh, maddening after a while from them, he says. And uh, and I said the studio wasn't especially supportive during this whole process. They were just kind of like, speed it up, get it done. We just want this out as soon as we can. So shooting was so strenuous that they actually added a scene into the movie that had gremlins, or well, that had gizmo on a dartboard where the gremlins were throwing darts oh at Gizmo God. just to kind of satisfy the crew of just getting some stress out. None of the darts hit Gizmo in the movie, spoiler alert, but it was just to get some of their frustration out <laughs> at the puppets just because they were constantly breaking down. They had to con- They were just so difficult to like kind of maneuver and get to work with and everything. Right. So, like, you know, working on set every day for three months, just like day to day working on that, it's going to get frustrating. Did Gremlins do well in the box office or did it like get popular after the movie? Was- it actually did very well. So they um, they put like about 10 million into Gremlins just the movie itself if anyone wants to give me just one million (laughs) i would be so thankful yeah i feel that well um like when it first came out gremlins actually made 12 million dollars so it just edged above like just hitting in the green and since it was first released it is now made um 148 million u.s dollars just give me one of those million. <laughs> yeah, so it was very popular. Okay. Um, also, just a fun fact on here, that uh, the actual village, it, it's Kingston's Falls, like the town that they filmed in, is actually the same set that was used for Hill Valley, the town from Back to the Future. Another movie I haven't seen. <laughs> oh my. That's a classic. Um, also, so after this movie was released, Alongside of Indiana Jones and the Temple of Dune, 
Um, this was one of the two movies that actually um, had the Motion Pictures Association, so the MPAA, create the PG-13 rating. So before this, there wasn't like a PG-13 rating. Just because there was like scenes in here that were like, like I was saying, like the exploding microwave scene that were too lighthearted for an R rating, but too mature for a PG-13 rating. Even though uh, the PG-13 rating has come out, you, um, I, I don't know exactly why. I couldn't really find any good research on this, but for some reason, Gremlins is still rated PG. Hmm. So it hasn't changed the rating. I think really, because Temple of Doom is still rated PG as well. Jaws, which is kind of a gruesome movie, is also PG. Once, once the uh, MPAA slaps a rating on there, just doesn't change unless like something like actually in the film changes. Gotcha. So that's from the research that I've seen. But as you were kind of saying about Furbies, Furbies actually came out 14 years after Gremlins was released. Really? Yeah. So it was. Uh, they came out from uh, Tiger Electronics. They released Furbies, um, and they were they closely resembled, like you kind of said, the Mogwais. But um, you know, Dante actually said that his producer Mike and him noticed a very similar similar similarities between the Furbies and Mogwais and he then they pointed it out to Warner Brothers the studio that produced it um soon after actually there was a gizmo Furby no that's <laughs> terrifying and I actually I actually own one. <laughs> oh if you still have that I don't unfortunately I don't think we own it I it might be in my parents attic but I I don't think we own it anymore but it was for sale, so like he was saying, no doubt, doubtably, like there was some sort of money exchange there that like Warner Brothers was like, hey, we want in on this. They they are like our creatures. We could sue you, yeah. and so they're like, well, can we get the licensing for it? And they're like, I guess so, but you got to give us a little cut. There's no like confirmed statement or anything about that, but that's just kind of what like the director was saying about it. Wow. Okay, I have a question about the Magwai. Yeah, go on ahead. Okay, so is that something? Like, do the Mogwai in the movies line up with any, like, um, Chinese folklore? As far as I've done in the research, um, only thing that they represent is just the, the Mogwai name in Cantonese is represented for devil. Okay. So, like, <sighs> Gremlins were actually, they had a kind of a small appearance before this in an old Bugs Bunny cartoon. Um, there's an old Bugs Bunny cartoon that actually has him like flying a plane and he's actually flipping through a book and he laughs at the picture, this one picture saying that, ha ha ha, look, uh, it says that like you better be careful while you're flying in the air because gremlins could attach to your, uh, to your plane and start dismantling the plane. And then it does eventually, eventually like happen in that movie. But that's the only other kind of reference to like gremlins themselves in media before this movie. Okay. But yeah, so they did make a second movie. Uh, it's called Gremlins New Batch. And in that one, um, Dante actually got full control of the reins for just like producing the movie and everything. Um, it's actually a commercial flop. Really? <laughs> it, it did not do good at all um it, they gave him actually a significantly more budget they gave him about thirty thousand dollars i believe to do it and it only made about a or sorry 30 million dollars to make it and it only made about 11 million in the box office 
Yikes. Yep. There actually has been recent talks about um, them reviving the Gremlins movie to make a third movie mm. because it has become a lot more popular in like cult cult circles. Yeah, we don't need it. <laughs> well, you haven't even seen the movie yet. Yeah, but I've decided. You've decided already that you are not going to see Gremlins? Well, that I don't want a Gremlins 3. Oh, that you don't want a Gremlins 3. What about this movie as a whole? Would you watch this movie? No. What is your real take on this movie? It sounds like... How do I say this without getting people upset? Um, it sounds not well thought out and kind of thrown together. So you don't think there's like a lot of production planning on this? No, I or think what? like they like just added a scene because they were mad at the puppets. And they were like, well, let's not research the Magwise at all in the Chinese culture. Let's just make some stuff up. Well, that was me personally. I don't know if they, they've actually done it from a production standpoint. Okay. They could have. I just, for me personally, from what I've done in my research, I didn't see any link from Chinese from the Chinese culture. Okay. But that actually happens a lot in film. As they'll just add little scenes like that just, just for fun. So, like, even just, like production on the fly they'll just like okay well this isn't working out so we'll have to just like kind of tweak the scene this way i think that's different than adding a whole scene in because you're mad at a puppet okay all right i get you there i get you there i just it's not my type of movie it's not your type of movie yeah would you would you give it a watch for me probably not no, you just said no? Okay, alright. I got you there. I got you there. Alright, well, this has been the first episode of Real Reactions. So just um, let us know what you think of the movie. Um, or what, well, not the movie, what you think of the episode. Um, let us know if there's anything that you might think might be helpful or, you know, uh, other movies that we could possibly, like, you know, kind of deep dive into um well i have been scott i'm hava and thank you for listening